This week's show brought to you by Ducks Unlimited, an organization that I've been plugged into for, gosh, over 15 years now. From the Alaskan wilderness to the Atlantic Flyway, across America's Great Plains, and down the Mississippi Delta, Ducks Unlimited has been leading the way in wetlands conservation since 1937. The DU family has ensured the protection of over 16 million acres of waterfowl habitat. Think about that. So, come join us. You too can carry on DU's conservation legacy. Visit ducks.org to find your local event and join our volunteer team, Ducks Unlimited, the world's leader in wetlands conservation. This week's podcast also brought to you by Kent Cartridge and the hard-hitting Fast Steel Plus, the latest in Kent's long-standing lineup of waterfowl innovation when it comes to shot shells. Do your four-legged friend a favor and ditch the cripples by picking up a box of Fast Steel Plus available at your local retailer. I should have been fine by now, but I'm facing what we have. Is in the night I can't deny the love from you I'm missing hurts me bad. I should have let you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Brand making new one. From our very own Shane Smith and the Saints, Adeline, kicking things off for us on episode 711 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. I'm your host, Cable Smith. Thank you so much for being here today. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies. So thanks for dropping by. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you. And if you like big buck tales, well, we've got a saga that we're going to get into regarding a North Texas monster that is here in the studio. But uh, before we do that, man, I had an awesome week last week, headed down to, uh, well, first went to my lease and uh, checked it out, and I'll be danged if we had one pond that wasn't froze over. Uh, everything else was solid ice, including our lake, which is like a 30 or 40 acre lake. It's a big lake. Um, that thing was 90% iced over. Uh, but, yeah, I found one pond, broke some ice, and I'll be danged if that north wind didn't blow all night long. And even though the temperature was like 15 degrees, it opened that pond up to like 70% the next day. Uh, and there wasn't a lot of ducks on it. I mean, it it was, I'd say, 20% open. Uh, but I, I found about 40 spoonies, a few teal, and a few mallards. And uh, the next day, JoJo and I were out there. And we got uh, five spoonies and a teal. Although we lost the teal, it swam under the ice and I guess froze to death. <laughs> Never to be seen again. <laughs> uh, but that was JoJo's first time hunting in the ice, breaking ice. Man, she did great. Of course, I mean, she was frozen. Her face was full of icicles and her coat was all iced up. Uh, definitely had a vest on, though, to keep her, her core warm, of course. But the funniest part about it was I forgot to grab her something to sit on and we were i was standing in i don't know a foot and a half of water so i i was staying at, at my buddy greg pavor's lodge there in seymour because my missouri buddies came in from out of town and we do an annual pig and duck hunt uh but they didn't bring waiters so i was like sorry fellas uh all of greg's ponds were frozen and there was literally nowhere to hunt in Seymour, so I was like, I'm going to my lease for the morning. I'll, I'll see you guys after that. If you have waiters, you're welcome to come, but there's really no other way to, to hunt. Like, we're going to be standing in the water. So it was just JoJo and I, and I didn't have anything for Joe to sit on, so, <laughs> you know, 
five o'clock in the morning. I'm I'm leaving. I'm like crap. And I look over, and Greg has this nice new patio furniture, glass table, and four folding chairs. And I was like, oh, I'll be taking one of those. Brought it back, uh, and I actually was going to take it to the car wash and spray it off, but <clears throat> the car wash was frozen, so it had all this mud frozen to it. Uh, I was like, oh, this sucks. Greg's going to be so pissed. I, actually, his wife's probably going to be the pissed one. Uh, sorry, Sandra. But I, I hid it behind the uh, behind the lodge for, <laughs> for the next three days until it thawed out, and I was finally able to uh, spray it off and put it back. Nobody noticed it was gone, so no harm, no foul. Uh, JoJo appreciates it, Greg. Uh, and then uh, the Missouri boys, man, they stacked up the pork, which – you know, Greg has most of his clients come in for thermal hog hunts from all over the country. And, you know, Texans, sometimes we let pigs lay after we shoot them. Who can, I mean, I think I've killed 30 this year, and who can put 30 pigs in the freezer? Uh, but they don't waste anything. They they shoot them, they clean them, and they haul them back to Missouri where Sean and uh, Jeff make sausage and cured ham and uh brats and all sorts of stuff uh and then they bring it back every year and we eat it so oh and we always push the envelope on wild game uh when we get together this uh this past weekend we had beaver stew which i had well uh, i'm not going to leave the opportunity for y'all to make fun here uh i had never eaten the animal known as beaver and it was absolutely delicious it had a very mild flavor profile uh, I took some moose, which was, and here's an interesting thing, that moose I shot in 2017 or 2018, and I grabbed a shoulder out of the deep freeze, kind of one of those things I forgot about, but vacuum sealed perfectly, no worse for the wear. And I told him, I was like, this moose is six or seven years old, <laughs> and uh, slow cooked it for eight hours, we had some uh, moose street tacos, what else did we have? Oh, Greg cooked a uh, a wild boar head took the skin off and smoked that thing oh that was phenomenal made tacos out of that uh and then various sausages and cured venison backstraps uh just uh yeah we ate like wild game kings and they shot 10 pigs weighing uh 1900 pounds i believe so almost a 200 pound average between the four uh four guys from missouri but one of my favorite weekends of the year every year always great catching up with sean and jeff and the gang and Greg, of course, as well, our host there at Pavor Outdoors. Um, so, good times uh, as we trend towards wrapping up the, uh, well, the fall hunting season. Got one more weekend duck hunt left. And then, uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, February is actually the one month of the year, I think, where it's just kind of a lull. And the wife looks at the calendar and there's nothing, no out-of-town trips on there. And she takes a deep breath and gets her husband back. And I think she's a little nicer to me <laughs> for good reason. Uh, all right. Today, what are we doing? You know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of Black Rifle Coffee out of Granddaddy's Beat Up Bold Stanley Thermos because we are ready to rock and roll. And here in studio, a couple lifelong friends and passionate deer hunters, uh, Jake Schumann and Micah Cano are going to share their tale of chasing this 200-inch booner uh, right here in Collin County in North Texas 
and it was a season full of highs and lows that ended in dramatic fashion. It's not often you get to shoot the same deer twice, uh, but that's exactly what happened with this bruiser. Uh, and yeah, amazing how it played out and that there was a happy ending to an otherwise tragic story. So that is what we're doing today. They'll be here for the duration, and I'm certainly looking forward to visiting with them here in just a second. Uh, let's do a, a quick giveaway as waterfowl season wraps up. Uh, I've got a few boxes of Kent Cartridge Fast Steel Plus left. and Actually, I think Micah's eyeing that. I think he's going to take one of those with him when he leaves. Uh, but I've got, well, let's do four. I've got four boxes, number three shot, Fast Steel Plus from Kent Cartridge. I'll throw in a Kent cap and a hoodie as well. All you need to do is email the word pintail. Let's do, uh, let's do pintail, my favorite duck species, uh, to decoy. But that's pintail to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com, and you're entered into today's giveaway. Let's knock out a quick break. Up next, a big buck tail coming at you right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. If you wonder where my heart is when I'm out on the road, Lord, I try to home my lifted honey just for you to hold. And if you wonder how I'm doing, know that I am doing fine, but I wish I was in Virginia. On the Russell County line. In the market for a compact track loader, check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at one of our nine North Texas locations. Visit BobcatOfNorthTexas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. This segment of the show is brought to you by the Mossberg 940 Pro Waterfowl. Ice be damned, that thing was firing on all cylinders last weekend. And that's what the 940 platform is known for. You don't have to clean it. It's not a safe queen. Take it out, beat it up, shoot it, put it back in the safe, and boom, ready to go on the next hunt. 1,500 rounds is what they say you can put through it before you ever need to do so much as swab the barrel. I'm not kidding. Absolutely love it. It's the 940 Pro, and you can find the entire 940 lineup right there at Mossberg.com. With that being said, let's bring on today's guest. Uh, joining us here in studio, my friend, Micah Cano, and uh, his lifelong buddy, Jake Schumann. Thanks for being here, fellas. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, glad to be here. My pleasure, my pleasure. So I've known Micah for a couple of years um, from from the gym. He's a manager there. Yeah. He says he hasn't seen me lately. I'm trying to explain to him it's hunting season, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's getting out of shape. I saw him today, and I was like, God, he's losing it a little bit. <laughs> uh, so you guys have been friends for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Basically since kindergarten. Oh, wow. And where, where are you guys from originally? Originally from Greenville, mm -hmm. right outside. Okay. Time in Lone Oak, time in Cash but Hunt County. Okay. Um, how long have you 
both been hunting. Did you did you grow up doing that or something you picked up as adults? Yeah, I'll go first. So uh, I started at seven years old. Uh-huh. Uh, I killed my first two deer at seven. I wasn't strong enough to lift up the gun, so we had to duct tape the rifle to a camera tripod, uh, and I was able to kill two deer that year and pretty much been killing deer and, and waterfowl ever since. So, yeah. And Jake? Man, it, it was... I've been sitting in tree stands since I can remember. I mean, probably three, four, five years old with granddad, with dad. I don't really remember my first kill, honestly, but I'm pretty new to archery though. And so we, we grew up just rifle hunting Mm -hmm. and so have a lot of experience there, but that was just always part of November. Like it was just every year, Thanksgiving weekend at the lease. It was tradition it's like what we did in the fall yeah uh and how long have you been bow hunting micah so i guess this is probably like maybe year six or so i did like what normal people do or what a lot of hunters do i rifle hunted deer for a really long time kind of got bored with it got into the waterfowl scene for like six or seven years got tired of waking up at like 3 a.m I was like, man, this would be uh, this would be cool to to try this whole bow hunting thing out. And so I guess I killed my first. What did you do on Sunday? What did I, what did I do on Sunday? Or was it Saturday? What are you talking this about? This past Saturday. Oh yeah, I smashed them, dude. <laughs> you yeah. woke up at three a.m. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we met up. at three a.m. Yeah, we met at the bow ramp at <laughs> yeah, three a.m. You gave that up though. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, until Saturday. Until Saturday, if somebody asks me and I know they're on ducks, I'll still wake up for it. You know. Oh yeah. Especially if it's outside of bow season, but. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I just decided to give bow hunting a try. I think it was like 24, 25, uh, kill my first, bu- or kill my first doe that season and, uh, been hooked ever since I've now converted almost full time into bow hunting. And then once bow hunting season ends, then I'll start waterfowling in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I mean, you're more diehard than me because as soon as October ends, <laughs> if I haven't killed the buck I'm after, I'm picking up the boomstick. Yeah. I don't even think twice. Well, every time I'd see you, I'd show you pictures of like bucks and you'd be like, so are you going to grab a gun or (laughs) (laughs) not? Well, not not in Collin County. Yeah. Yeah. No, not yet. Yeah. But archery elk hunting is, is probably right up there with duck hunting as far as my favorite things to do. If I could just do, I like, I just love, well, first of all, I like the mountains. I like being in that environment and then anything you can call in, that's like the game changer for me. Right. That's why I love turkey. Like the too. interactive nature of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hiking 50 miles in five days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's like the pain that feels good once you're, once you're through it, you know, when yeah, you're through the yeah. stuff, it's, but in the moment, <clears throat> not so much. Um, so how long have you guys been hunting in Collin County? Man, uh, three years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty brief. Um, you know, he, he, uh, the property he lives on now, um, you know, we hunted it, what, three years ago and then he acquired this new property this year. So we started hunting that one. So yeah, three years, but last year was our first year to actually get a kill on a Collin County property. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you, you try to stay pretty picky out there knowing what's around. Um, so last year was the first year we felt like this is a deer worthy of taking in this county. Mm. Well, yeah, it's also a one buck county. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. You You're not going to waste it. Right. Yep. Not knowing what's walking around out Correct. there. Correct. And I, I think I've told you, Micah, for sure, just in our BSing at the gym, like I hunted Collin County one year, and it was really expensive for 20 acres. Mm-hmm. 
the, the deer didn't live on it. You know, there was some does that were there more often than not, but it's 20 acres. Mm-hmm. They're coming and going. And the bucks, they were just traveling the creek. Yeah. And, you know, I had one that was in the high 170s that was, he was there a couple times a week, but I never, I never get to actually see him. Yeah, I think I remember the exact location of that place. Honestly. Yeah, honestly, I'm not going to shout it out on here, but yeah. I think I remember. It's talking been about it's it. been sold since then. Yeah. I could you know I couldn't lease it again if I wanted to, but yeah. I didn't want to. There's just so yeah, I, and I don't know if you guys had to deal with this. Your your place is a lot bigger than 20 acres, but I mean, like the neighbors' dogs getting out, and you, you know, you've got that that buck on camera, and then there's three labs standing there. At your mock scrape, where we, the buck was. What do we have to deal with this season, neighbor-wise? Oh well, let's let's backtrack. So, so basically, twenty acres is what we were dealing with mm-hmm. on our on our first spot, and that was in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, when Mike had killed the biggest deer of, of his life last yep. year on twenty two. Yep. That was about twenty acres, and you're right. It's I mean, pressure's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Your I mean, timber blocks are few and far between. So bedding is like at a premium people have food everywhere, you know? So, so really trying to like design some sort of strategy. It's like your access has got to be perfect. Your wind's got to be perfect. Your timing's got to be perfect. And then there's all sorts of variables that can screw it up along the way. Oh yeah. So in 2021, I I was the only, I don't think you hunted that year on 21. I acquired it in honestly, early December. So I got maybe a half a month to really hunt it hard before, before Christmas. And we always go up to Kansas for Christmas. That's where my wife's from and have not drawn there yet, but mm. that's in the future. But, uh, but yeah, so got to hunt it for two weeks, maybe just figuring the place out one week when I got back in, in January and I had Mike is buck last day of the season. I have a picture of him and another really mature 10 point that I was like, man, since we have access to this property long-term, man, let's let them walk. Let's see what they can turn into. And I kind of regret not taking that old, old deer. Yeah, that's tough to do on 20 acres. Yeah, he disappeared. Again, they don't live there full-time. No, no. He, Who knows? Car, poacher, like whatever. He he was gone. Never saw him again. And then, you know, Micah's deer actually really blew up. Um, It was was cool to see the next year. But What did that deer score? 152 i believe nice yeah 152 awesome it was and 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 beautiful i mean like the hunt county kids like the way that we (laughs) hunted yeah i mean i'd never seen a deer like that i didn't know they existed well you know right up the road the funny thing is is when he bought the place in 2021 he was like you know i just bought like 20 acres out here and uh was like so you know we should try to hunt it and we have like leased about 350 acres in East Texas. And I'm like, I'm not going to go with 20 acres. There's no freaking deer over there. Had like, you not seen no, the bucks? No, I had not. No, I had not. Honestly, yeah, I mean, like, I was not in tune with the Collin County bucks. I would say this, this is probably the fifth or sixth deer approaching or better than mm-hmm. 200 inches that's been in the studio. Yeah. All shot in Collin County. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, they're not on every tree. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I know. But like, what we have here is wild. Is super special yeah Yeah. but but seriously i didn't i had no idea (laughs) and then uh the next season uh it was kind of a lull at our other property and jake had gone was going to uh where did you go colorado 
Oh yeah, I took hunt? I took Dad on a mule deer hunt. He yeah. hadn't been in like twenty something years, and so it was like one of those last two raw type things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so like the week prior, Jake and I had done a sit together, and I had seen like nine deer in one sit. I hadn't seen like nine deer all season long at the East Texas place, <laughs> right. so I was just like, "Well, I'm gonna hunt this place pretty hard while yeah. he's gone." And so he was like, "You got free reign, you know, just yeah, coordinate with my brother-in-law who was also hunting it as well." Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think it was like the last night that I had to hunt. I hunted like six days straight. I ended up killing that buck, and I was like, "Colin County, okay, Colin County, where <laughs> yeah. it's at." But yeah. I mean that 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 deer, the way that you killed him was was pretty awesome too i mean so he got he's gotten me into saddle hunting now this is my first year to saddle hunt but he was thankfully already accustomed to it that year because he had to like completely again wind access it's all got to be perfect Mm -hmm. like even during the rut and so you know hunting over some some wheat fields and like a little bit of of brassicas that i had that i had that i'd hand broadcasted in you know which Mm -hmm. you get about a you know 20 percent yield off of that most of the time not drilling it and so you know, there was a little bit for them to, to, to be on during the rut, but it was literally just like a race, like them just, you know, flying through this little Mm -hmm. skinny Mm -hmm. tract. And if you see this ground, it's like, it's like a football field and it just, it just goes, it just goes straight down. So like, that's not very huntable. Yeah. I mean, that, that track is tough. Um, and then getting back there is, is almost impossible. So the fact that he, I mean, you were hunting all around the river edge and those wheat fields. And then, I mean, based on sitting and baiting, based on like seeing what you were seeing, I mean, completely switched sides. I mean, threw a saddle, threw, threw some sticks up, mm-hmm. got in a saddle and like we saw him on camera. I remember texting you, I was still in Colorado and I was like, dude, that's him. That's, that's the buck that we, we saw last year. I had him on camera until March. He shed, we never found the shed. I was like, that's him though. Like that's the 12 from last year and he blew up and he was just like, he just had that like mature deer walk, mm-hmm. like, you know, that slow, just like dominant, like it was, it was awesome watching him on camera. And then we saw him one day, um, skipped a day, saw him on a second day. And then he had decided where he was hunting and he was like, I'm flipping sides. I'm going to mm-hmm. go on this other side. I hope the wind, I hope the wind's yeah. right. A lot Which, of it was wind dependent. Yeah. Cause you know, typically when you see those deer, you're like, that's where I want to be the very next day. But I couldn't cause the wind. Oh, yeah. And so I was just like, I got to hang out on this other side and hope that he comes over here. It kind of like Jake said, he showed up one more time and I was just like, well, the wind's going to be perfect tomorrow. So I'm going to do an all day sit in that spot. But and, the crazy thing is, is like that was at nine o'clock. He skipped a day. Something fell through and you weren't able to hunt that day. No, and then the next bro- day, your brother-in-law. Well, he said he was yeah. going to hunt and then bailed at the last yeah, minute. He mm. bailed, so it was supposed to be his day to hunt. It was Friday. It was supposed to be his day to hunt. That deer had just shown up on camera, and so I texted him the night before and I was like, "Just double checking <laughs> that you're hunting out there tomorrow because if you are, I'm going to go hunt our place in East Texas." And he's like, "Man, I'm not going." to... He plays football for UNT, and he was like, "I'm not going to be able to make it work. I mm. got some football stuff." And I was just like. Okay. <laughs> say no more. Yeah, say no more. So I went out there and it, you know, it ended up working out. A lot of it I attribute to like it being a God thing, right? Like perfect place, perfect time. Like that deer shouldn't have been there. It was 14 yards. It was a chip shot. Yeah. But like, you know, like I said, it's, it's a God Do you thing. think that we as hunters, because it's always like play the wind, play the wind. And we all have seen so many times where the gig's up. They smell you. They blow at you. Mm-hmm. They're gone. And, uh, but I think this one time... It was last weekend of rifle season, and I'm hunting this deer. 
And I, I think I was just too cautious because it was Saturday. He was coming in, let's just say like two or three, four days a week. Mm-hmm. He was semi-regular. If I was out there for three days, I was probably going to run into him. But Saturday was the next to last day, and I was like, the wind's wrong. I'm not going to hunt it. And he was there. And it was only like a five-mile-an-hour wind. And I was just like, man, maybe I should have just – it was the last weekend. So I, I put all my eggs in the Sunday yeah, basket. Yeah, I was yeah. like, Sunday is the day. It's the last day mm-hmm. of the season. He's going to be there. I'm going to shoot him. And I think I should have been there on Saturday. And it was the last weekend. What? So yeah. what if he – I mean, honestly, to me, I think it's so dependent on the deer – the mm-hmm. time of year, all of it. Because when we talk about this story later with Jake killing his buck, he should not have set that stand that night. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it worked out. Right. So sometimes it just, things play in your favor. But I think that you kind of try to stack the deck in your odds, right? So if it's November and you've got plenty of season left, you're not going to want to blow out the stand. You're going to be like, I'm only going to hunt that stand if the wind works. If it's the last weekend of your season, you're like, screw it. What's been. the worst that I just happens? thought he was coming from behind I blow me. The this wind deer was blowing, out and I don't see him till right next him. year. You know what I mean? Like, who cares? So, but then you've got the the our rut. neighbors are MLD, so we might be dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But then, a month left. Uh-huh. But then you've got then you've got the other side of the coin, which is okay. When our mature deer most vulnerable, you know, that second, third, maybe fourth week of November mm-hmm. around here, and so it's like, all right, what are my chances of this deer being on his feet? And then you, you fast forward a month, you may have a month and a half left in the season, but truly, what are our chances going to be late season on big mature deer? That This deer Less. showed up after the rut. Like no. I got the first picture of him. Yeah. We left my lease, my son and his buddy and I drove home after Thanksgiving that, that Monday I got the first picture of him. And then it was like six weeks of him just like living in my head rent free, mm-hmm. you know, which I'm sure this deer did for you. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back, and I want to get the details on how you acquired this hunting property. Uh, that's not easy to do in Collin County. And then uh, how you guys went about setting the property up, uh, getting it ready to hunt this fall, and then uh, ultimately laying eyes on this giant North Texas bruiser uh, for the first time. That segment of the show was brought to you by Stealth Cam and the Deceptor wireless trail camera. You can pick one up and check out Stealth Cam's entire line of cellular cameras right there at StealthCam.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Fit a square block in the round hole. Heart of darkness facing a thousand bloodshot eyes. We'll know when we get there. Experience a new world after dark with Armor Sight's night vision and thermal optics. Precision meets adventure. Whether you're a hunter or explorer, Make the night yours. Upgrade your vision now by visiting armorsite.com for more information. Looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW? Then Three Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guide scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. Call your mama and tell her we're going out tonight. We're gonna be late. Hey, we might not make it back at all. So take me out to the dance hall. Slap my foot down to 
Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg. Thanks for dropping by today. Uh, we're still visiting with my friend Micah Cano and uh, his good buddy, my new friend, Jake Schumann, regarding this North Texas hammer of a whitetail buck. Biggest one I've seen killed in Collin County this year. Uh, and we'll get back into that momentarily, though. This segment brought to you by Vortex Optics. Maybe you didn't get what you were looking for this Christmas. But, hey, now's the time to treat yourself, right? Uh, Vortex has an awesome lineup of apparel, uh, flannel shirts, hiking shorts, hunting socks. I mean, everything. Plus, all of the hoodies, caps, T-shirts, all of that classic Vortex swag that you're accustomed to. And uh, if you use my promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout, you'll save 20% off your entire Vortex apparel order. So check that out. Take advantage. Jumping back into it here with Jake and Micah. Uh, Jake, when did you actually acquire the property? This this actually, I mean, I sat down and, and wrote this story out the other day because I was like, I'm going to forget details. You know, mm-hmm. we all do. And I was like, this is potentially a deer that I never see this caliber on the hoof again. So I'm like, I want to remember this. And it's kind of cool. The guy that, the guy that connected me with this property, we, we were connected through an out of state buddy, a guy in Auburn, Alabama, my buddy mm-hmm. Rusty had connected me with this guy cause he went to college with him. This guy was an East Texas guy out of Tyler. We had a few mutual friends. He was moving a lot of ground out there. And you know, I, my dream was always have a place that we could, you know, build relationships based on trust, enjoy the outdoors, enjoy creation, like just be out there on something we can not control, but something that we can really like have to enjoy and make what we want it to be. And so when this property popped up, it was just like, no way this works. Mm -hmm. And I was working with a a, a friend of mine, um, who, who is in the same industry as me and he he travels a lot. He plays, he takes care of a lot of like ball clubs around the country. And so he's always gone, but he was like, man, if you find the right property, I want to go in with you. And then one of his good buddies is in the, in the hunting industry and probably one of the more popular guys on social. And, you know, he was looking for a new farm, uh, that he could basically prove his concepts because he does it a lot in Iowa where he, he buys up some ground. Uh, he takes it from, you know, just completely ag, never really designed for wildlife and he makes it just a hunting Mecca. Mm. And so, man, when I, when, when they were in, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is something that we could, we could actually create in Northeast Texas, which is my home. I've never lived outside one hour from where we're sitting right now. I mean, why would you want to? Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's home for me. And so, yeah, when, when this series of properties, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah. I love Southeast Oklahoma for some other reasons, but I have 200 acres up there at least. And I sent him a picture. The season was like, there was the last weekend Mm -hmm. and this buck that we had a little sporadically last year showed up with two days left in the season. And my buddy, that's my lease mate was like, Hey, do you want a duck hunt? Um, (laughs) Because Oklahoma's weird. Their season ended on a Monday. Yeah. And he was like, you want a duck hunt on Sunday or Monday? And I was in South Texas. I took my son down there to shoot a cull buck. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in South Texas. By the and way. he texted me back. He says, doesn't matter. My plan's changed. And he sent me a picture yeah, of Yeah, I buck. saw this story. <laughs> yeah. He showed up twice. Yeah, yeah. And he, he didn't and get him, did he? No, he never saw him. He hunted oh. him two day, the last two days of the season. I got a text from Cable. He's like, what do you think the scores? <laughs> hey, he was I, pretty. I think he was like almost 150. Yeah, he was yeah. pretty dear. Yeah. I mean, Southeast Oklahoma is sneaky, man, because it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's such cool terrain. I mean, I was hunting some public ground up there three years ago, 
um, when I first got into to, to bow hunting, I was honestly just like cutting my teeth up mm-hmm. there and we were hunting a ton of public ground and I saw two elk oh, yeah. while hunting. I mean, it's wild what they've got up there because the elevation change, there's a lot of temperature variances. I mean, we were hunting opening weekend, it was like 98, mm. but I mean, they can get, I mean, they get pretty consistently with elevation into the, you know, teens. So oh, yeah. Yeah. We but, won't get specific, but, but back to your right. back to your your place. Oh yeah, how that all came together. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's on, a big piece of. Pro- you don't have to give details, but I mean, for our part of the world, it's a it's a pretty good chunk yeah. of land. It is, and and there's a lot of variables. When you see that on paper, it's like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. this guy's trust fund kid or something, you know. Um, I asked Micah that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he said, he said, hey, and you don't really have to give me details. But does this guy come for money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of it. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, he's a normal dude. He's got a normal family, man. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the I won't go into too much detail about family, but I mean I mean, just the the simplest of people, like my dad and grandpa are my heroes. Like they've been running a small business in Salt Hunt County earth, for dude. for fifty years. I mean, just your average blue collar guys. And so I've basically just taken that like blue collar like mentality and just applied it to something that, you know, just so happens to help a lot of people in it. And I mean, yeah, you, you might know. help me with my back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I got to see the MRI first, but, um, yeah, I mean, so, so it was always a dream that, that, that I could find something within certain proximity uh-huh. that I could enjoy hunting, enjoy farm and ranching and it be in close proximity to my folks and to our businesses. That way we could legitimately enjoy it as opposed to, you know, having to drop, you know, a four or six hour drive. Um, cause we've, we've all had leases like that. I mean, I've hunted, um, far East Texas. I grew up hunting like the Crockett area, you know, where we were just like running to different leases that would knock off a hundred, 200 bucks per gun, mm-hmm. you know, growing up. I remember those conversations. Oh, this place is 900 a gun. Well, it starts adding up when you got kids, Oh yeah, you know, and a lot of landowners are like, Hey, like I know that, you know, youth season is a little bit extended, so we're not going to give you, you know, we're not knocking off the price for, for kids. Cause we know they got two extra, you know, weeks to hunt mm-hmm. things like that. And so it quickly became impossible for us to hunt together when I, you know, reached that 16, 17, 18 year old mark. And I'll never forget that. Like dad having to make that decision where he was like, I'm just going to observe. I want you to hunt. And I just like moving forward. I never want that to be the case. Mm-hmm. I'm like my kids, my buddies, the people that mean the most to me, like I want them to have a place somewhere to retreat, learn hunting, and then just enjoy creation, you know? And so, um, we found this spot, um, it was part of a really big, um, I, I'm trying to figure out what details I can get without getting too much detail, but I'm like sweating over here. I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the County's not going to, I mean, the, the, the but fact here's the is, cool thing is that you own it because the guy, what is his name? Super nice guy that shot that 198 in, Rock, in Rockwall area this year. Oh God. And he was so like, I don't want to give out any detail. And yeah. the reason why is because if you lease or if you have, you know, your buddies with the landowner, but then the landowner finds out, well, I can jack the price up. Yep. I know what you shot. Your situation, at least it's your property, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, as much. and we've we've got a little bit of I, I would never use the word control because like this is this is hunting and that's mm-hmm. why we all love it. Because I mean you're literally fighting elements and all sorts of variables and you can't control these types of It's just of an ideal situation. It is. Yeah. And I mean, God straight up dropped this out of left field. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean, going back when I was writing the story out the other day, I mean, the guy that I was connected with from an Auburn buddy to them going to college together, to him sending me this property, to me 
finding it on some obscure website where they were featuring it due to some like wetland mitigation plan they did. Mm. And they were being highlighted for that. Like I was reading about it based on like how they were preserving ducks. Wow. And, and I'm not really a big duck hunter, but there's ducks out there. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we love it, but it's not really my forte, but that's what I, that's where I found this ground. And I reached out to him and literally when I was picking, when I was uh, looking, I was typing in his phone number into my phone and I hit, send on a text and his name popped up i was like where do i know this guy from <laughs> and so anyway i scroll up a little bit and sure enough we had a conversation from 2020 where we were just like swapping stories and talking about you know talking about real estate stuff and sure enough he was like dude i can't believe this is happening he's like i'll meet you out there let me show you this property mm-hmm. and after he knew the the, the partnership stuff that i was going to bring to the table i was going to bring to the table mm-hmm. he was like all right it's worth my time. <laughs> this is not just some kid dreaming, you know? And so he showed me that there was about, I don't know, three, four 5,000 acres that he had, you know, available, um, not on market, but just like available over the next few years as certain improvements were finished with the mitigation plan. And when, when Ben and I first went out there again, I was visiting the property as the guy that was boots on the ground for these guys out of state mm-hmm. that monetize like hunting and management and hunting. I'm just a, you know, I'm just a guy, a local kid that, that, you know, has a small business. Like right. I was really just the guy that was helping them find their dream property. Well, long story short, they were able to cut it up a little bit to the point where I was able to reasonably find a section that could preserve hunting, could pre- preserve some of the, the farming capability where we could run cows and a little bit of high ground that we could potentially build on. And so I always dreamed of having a place where dad could retire to, to stop doing pest control because it's a beating on his body. Mm. Um, a place that my sisters, if they ever wanted to build, like just a place where they could if they wanted to. And there's just enough high ground in this place to where we could have you know a couple home sites. And sure enough, um, based on some of the communication, based on some of the checkups they were doing on the land and the mitigation plan, they started seeing deer Hmm. and these guys are not deer guys. They're like, they're like, they nerd out on like native grasses, right? Which I've gotten into a little bit. It's actually pretty fascinating. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so I started going down that path and I was like, man, this is actually fascinating. Hmm. Like what you can do to revive land Hmm. and get it back to like pre colonization status like that's really their whole mission with a lot of this ground is you know let's be honest it was somebody a few years ago that had an abundance of wealth and they needed to you know somehow you know leverage this ground to you know use the tax strategies of conservation Mm -hmm. that's a thing yeah and but it's turned into a lot of ground being preserved in cullen county and grayson county in a lot of the Fannin County area too, like there's a lot of ground that's still being preserved, um, which for us hunters, like that is encouraging because let's be honest, everywhere you look, there's a new development happening. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the places everywhere. that I, I've lived in Collin County for 15 years and the places that I used to dove hunt is all concrete now. It sucks. It does. Even my son was like, didn't we used to dove hunt there? I mean, he's 11. I'm yeah. like, yeah, we did. Yep. He's like, that stinks. I'm like, you can't stop progress. It's, it's coming. The worst right. when it's like a big, beautiful piece of timber too. Mm-hmm. And you drive by and you're just like, you know how many 
like basically all this bedding you've run, all these mm. trees you tore down. You know, you think about it as like somebody who enjoys the outdoors and all they see is dollar and cents and you're just like, golly, mm. man, that you just ruined a ton of wildlife. You yeah. can't stop it and it's not going to change. Mm-mm. So that's why no. it's important that, you know, people like you can and do invest in it and you know, make it a wildlife sanctuary. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, if you see talk the value to some, in that. Right. If you talk to some guys that, have lived here for a long time, which I've got two or three buddies that, I mean, grew up here, like have farmed this ground for a long, long time. And their dads and granddads did. I mean, McKinney was a really, really, really big farming community. I remember driving down 380 and all you saw on the way to Frisco and on the way to Plano was just, I mean, it is straight, you mm-hmm. know, corn, soybeans like that, that. That was what it was. I mean, that's what 380 was. Um, that's what, you know, 121 had like one stop sign on it, you know? And so for, for our local folks, they know what I'm talking about, but you know, Texas used to be like, that's what it was. The ground's great. And over time, you know, it gets replaced with people moving in, which is awesome. But what we do need to realize, everybody wants to live in America. So they're moving to Texas. Right. Yeah. Real America. So, but I mean, we welcome you both the right way. (laughs) Yeah. Please don't please. California, my Texas. That's Remember right. why you came here. Remember, mm-hmm. but we we basically over over time carving up a piece of this ground that that was reasonable for a young family. My wife and I just had our first baby and been married for three years now. Is like, all right, what can we feasibly do and commit to for the next thirty years, right? And uh, be able to be able to enjoy something now that we never thought possible. So with with all of the donated ground and some of the hoops we have to jump through to manage this ground, it's a little bit of trouble. I mean, a lot of guys would, would say absolutely not to that, but you know, dealing with Texas land conservatory and a lot of those elements to it, you know, there's some restrictions. We've ran into a few of those where it's like, okay, like we would love to, you know, lay a lot of these trees over and hinge some of this stuff, but you know, technically it's, it's conserved ground and we've got to, we've got to let it naturally happen. You know, have you ever had like a 65 year old dude and his Husky walk up to your protein feeder in Collin County, take the lid off and look inside and then leave <laughs> that we have not. Cause I had that happen. And that was one of the other reasons why I was oh, like, man. I'm done with this place. You're like, Hey, yeah. I mean, hey, on there's the, a fence there. You crossed yeah, the fence. Yeah, what yeah. are you doing? Bro? Fences aren't a thing. That's what we've learned. He's like, this is like, he, I think he, he didn't even know what it was. Like it was a spaceship or mm. something yeah. that landed there. And honestly, he probably didn't know what he was looking at. That's the funny yeah. part is, man, we, on, on our game cameras, I mean, mm. all the time we'll get a group of kids just like walking through and I'm like, what are oh, these yeah. kids doing? This is like, this they're is like all in pajama pants too. I don't understand well, that's it. They're all you, in pajama you pants. gym? Yeah, and that's what all the kids that's wear to work pants, out. dude. That's, I think that's I what they wear to school. Understand. It's they atrocious. Do. Yes, it's yeah. ridiculous. You They're kids like out in there, the woods. have a little self-respect. Stop wearing freaking pajama yeah, pants out in some real clothes. Those, they're called pajama pants because yeah. you know what? You wear them to bed. Yeah. Put on some jeans. Wear no pajama pants to school <laughs> and to the gym. It's not like that ground is like easy to walk. No. Through. I'm like, you know, he, he was telling the story earlier off air where it's like the he, he was taking his little boy out and every few steps, he's like, oh, there's a vine here, vine here. I'm like, these kids are out there and like, Crocs and pajama pants, and they're traipsing <laughs> through our our wheat fields. I'm like, what Which are y'all doing with vapes yes. in both hands, bro? Oh, just yeah. Exactly, yeah, double fist and oh. vapes. But yeah, I mean that kind of stuff is just a reality. You, you don't just deal with, you know, the the elements. It's like, all right, what neighbor is going to come rolling through here? What today? we deal with in this property 
you know, the larger one is uh, every neighbor loves to shoot guns. And I'm not talking just like an occasional, like, you know, nine, like nine rounds or something like that. Mm -mm. I'm talking, they will shoot hundreds of rounds every (laughs) evening. And you feel in your mind, you're like, they saw my truck, they know I'm hunting. And that's why they're doing it. Uh But honestly... And you'll hear music. They're doing it right now. Music, yes. <laughs> yes. You'll hear music blaring, bro. And it's, it's a like, Wednesday night. It's <laughs> like the like the good like party like Mexican music too. And so you're like bumping to it in the tree stand. You're like, God, this is so freaking good. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. And they're just shooting guns nonstop. <laughs> yeah, it can be a little bit distracting, but honestly, those deer don't care. They're just used to it. Yeah, they're used they to do it. it all day long. Yeah, yeah, but they can see you, literally move your move your arm three inches from 200 yards away though. I'm like, there is a dude firing off his 300 blackout 20 times in a row. And you're going to react to my arm. I mean, that's the thing that I learned is that last this year hunting this property, I learned more than ever. Like these deer are smart and they're sensitive and it's like, they you get in, you get into their, into their like normal, like pattern and they notice stuff that is that is not right in the world. But oh, it's, yeah. but honestly, like, and I won't give away too many details. One of the properties, the smaller one, is located near a lot of people, right? Those deer don't care. Like, honestly, like the wind and stuff. Like, obviously, they do. But as far as like your presence and, um, I mean, you can just get away with a lot more. Mm. But at the other larger property, because where it's located and because of the heavy hunting pressure just in the area, they are keyed up from the start of the season until the end of the season. I mean, they will not step foot in that plot without acting like they've already seen something. And you're like, golly, I'm 200 yards away. My wind is perfect. Like, Dude, I was sneaking in with night vision, thermal. You're uh, killing deer with night vision and thermal? Did everybody get that? Sneaking in. Oh, oh, oh. Sneaking okay. in. Okay, got it, got it. Try not to blow out deer. Oh, that's obviously. genius. I never even thought of that. Yeah. It is pretty smart. And I'm not kidding you. It, it wasn't that big buck I was after. It, it was uh, a 10 point that was like four and a half. Nice buck. He's going to be good. And I'm sneaking in with night vision and I'm like 200 yards away and I swear he saw me. Hmm. 200 yards away. How was like, the moon? How? how? It was pretty bright. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not bright enough for me to see him. Okay, right? yeah, I got yeah. you. I got but, you. But I mean, he, I, mean, I was far away. Yeah. And I was like, are they, are they leaving? What in the hell? What I've noticed is like when it's pitch black and I'm noisy and it's in November, mm-hmm. they're curious and will run towards me. But like if there's any type of moonlight, it's like they know. They're oh, like, yeah. yeah, I'm not buying it. I know that's a dude. See, I have yeah. never experienced that. I have never experienced any sort of noise that was not designed that caused curiosity from a white tailed deer. I, I think I remember telling you last year during the rut, during November, I'm climbing out of a ladder stand and just the noise of climbing because the, the field, the food plot had deer in it, but it was nothing I wanted to shoot. So I felt comfortable climbing down. It was pitch black, but me climbing down, those deer are just so like rutted up. They came sprinting to me. Huh. So they're like 20 yards away from me. I mean, I had some cover in front of me. But they're just like standing there, like trying to figure out what's going on in the woods. I still think that week alone 
I would have loved for you to have had to, this is that, this is the 22 season, right? Yeah. I still think that that week, I wish there was a GoPro on your yeah, head. Yeah, I should have been filming week. that week. I counted so you're like, filming now, though. Huh? Yeah, I, I try. You know what I mean? I'm just like trying to figure it out. But it's freaking hard. It's People make hard. it look so easy, like filming. But like the buck I killed this year is a nice buck. You know, it's like in the 140s. But like, I had forever and a day to get that camera on that buck. But I was just like, screw this freaking camera. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm worried mm. about killing that deer. And so the guys that film... They almost have to prioritize filming first, killing second. I don't do that. And I don't do that. Exactly. <laughs> right. I don't do it's that. It's not worth it. I hit go on my GoPros yeah. because they're just filming at me. I don't have to do anything, but like the big camera. I will be damned before I miss dude, an opportunity. I, 100%. I haven't done it a lot lately, but I do have, I think, a bear, certainly turkeys, some white-tailed does, and one elk that I all uh, self-filmed. But at the end of the day, it's just a lot of work. Yeah. It's a ton of gear to carry in, yeah. too. I'm not trying to make a TV show either. So yeah. Yeah. It's cool to get the... Well, some people would be like, don't put that stuff on social media. I'm yeah, like, screw I, it. I'm, yeah. all, I'm, I'm all for Honestly, it. Honestly, I started doing it. You know, as long as it's clean and we're not glorifying right. the gore of it. Yeah, of you're not like, you know, Texas heart punching it and throwing yeah. it online for everybody yeah. to see. Uh, <laughs> like... There's honest. a skill set to it. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I think if you can yeah. film, if you can kill a two-inch whitetail and film it yourself, I on, have a yeah. whole new respect for people that do it, especially when they bow hunt. Yeah. Like it's just it's so difficult to do. But yeah. I mean, my thing is is when you're like telling the story, like yeah, you're kind of reliving it in your mind. But if you have it on film, you get to watch it over and yeah. over and over. I mean, the few deer that I have killed on film, my wife's probably getting tired of watching them because I've watched it like 50 times. Because <laughs> you just want to relive it, man. It's fun. So that's oh, yeah. why I started doing. It. I don't give it, you know, two craps if five people like it when I post it online. Mm. I'm doing it because I want to watch it. Yeah. So when so when did you get this prop? Like right before this season? Yeah. So we we first time I stepped foot on on the property was like February, mm. and then I don't know about other counties or other areas, but like the deer t- here, I feel like dropped their antlers really late, like a lot later than what I originally thought, mm-hmm. and so. We didn't really even consider like walking the ground for for sheds specifically for sheds until I think it was like April. And so we I, I went I was going out there like once a month, twice a month as we were like figuring out, hey, is this something financially viable? Is this something that we, you know, can see ourselves long term living? Is this somewhere I can convince my wife to move one day? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And so when I was out there on a specific site visit, there was, uh, there was a, basically the mitigation plan needed an update because it had just like poured rain. And if you know anything about North Texas, it's like, we'll get two seasons where it's just like, it's flooded everywhere. And then it's just been drought basically every other time. So farming's difficult, but, um, so I was out there and I'm talking like I'm walking around in almost knee deep water. It was the most miserable, like scouting trip I've ever done. But I was like, if I can't figure out if this, if this is not going to be viable or, or we can't use this every month of the year, I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way, like I can't invest that much, you know, almost a firstborn to, right. to not be able to access your ground year round. And so I was like, I'm going to walk every square inch of this. Well, I got about six or seven hours into it and I had covered about a fourth of it. Oh my god! It was that ten thousand acres. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> that. Acres, it was that difficult to navigate. But the cool thing about it is, is while I was there uh, across the ranch, the 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 biologist who was doing his own deal, 
like found this, this shed and it was stuck in a tree, which I'd never seen before about five and a half foot up off the ground. And I had never even witnessed something like that. I'm like, okay, maybe they were, maybe deer, you know, lose them on rubs or maybe they, you know, lose them fighting or I've seen them like sling them off, but like stuck in a tree that high. I was like, this is a, this is a giant. Mm -hmm. And obviously when we got our hands on it for the first time, I was like, there's like a 90 inch side. I was like, there's no way this this existed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, there's no way this exists. This is fake. This guy's, Working in cahoots with the here? land. Exactly. That's literally what I thought of. I was he like, took a high fence. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's like, he's really here. trying to sell this property. No, and that's, I, I'm not even gonna lie. That's the first thing when he handed it to me. I, I thought I was like, these guys are Good. crooked. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I can't believe this. And sure enough, he was like, he was like, Hey, like before I go any further, I have no affiliation here. All I do is to, uh, to make sure this water's flowing like we designed it to flow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's like, here it is. Look at it. I have two pictures of this thing on foot. Oh, wow. And I was like, let me see them. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, I, I mean, I've, I've got them there. And, and it's, it's definitely the same deer. Uh-huh. Um, it's the same deer. And at that point, as all hunters will realize, that I had to just like be like, okay, you've got to take the objective seat here and say you cannot buy a property like this because of one deer like you can't do it as excited right. as you are like you can't do it and so i like had to take all emotion out of this but let's be honest the only thing i've been thinking about since we and since i got my hands on that was was can i find this deer can i kill this deer uh-huh. and we never pictured him never and i mean we can get into the hunting season here in a minute but um at that point the numbers made sense. We were able to, you know, get some pre-approval stuff taken care of and we were able to sell our, our house to in, in the, you know, or, or get it started in that process. And so a lot of things lined up and, you know, God was able to open the doors at the right time, right place. It was just meant to be. So we go to, to brunch with him and his wife, you know, we've been best friends since six. So like we pretty much tell every, it's five, each other, whatever. everything, whatever, you know, around mm-hmm. that age. And, uh, how many six year old kindergartners, do you know, every kindergartner, maybe <laughs> time. so, uh, we, we go to brunch and this is like a month before we bought the property and he like tells me what he wants to do. He goes over some details and he's like, and I'm thinking about buying this property. And, uh, I pretty much told him like, you have to pick one or the other. Like, it's not going to work for both. It's like you have to pick one or the other. It's just not feasible. And then like. Three weeks later, he sends a picture of him and his wife closing for this property. And I was like, what in the world, dude? Are you crazy? It worked? Are yeah. you crazy? So it was just one of these things. You know, Jake, you know, like I said, I've known him for so long. He's one of those people that if he gets determined to do something, he's so well thought out and like intentional with every move that he makes. So if he puts his mind to something, he's going to figure out a way to do it mm. and do it like effectively and efficiently. So it was like... A surprise, but at the same time, it wasn't. I was like, "Of course, of course, he did. Yeah. Like, of course, he got it." A lot, a lot had to happen. Like, we eventually got their like pro forma bottom dollar, mm. and it was it was based off the relationship that I had had from 2020. And without that relationship, like, I brought nothing or no one to the table. He was just like, "Hey, this is what they absolutely have to get out of it. Like, if you can hit that spot, it's mm. yours." And we made that number work. Awesome. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back and get the details on on when you actually first laid eyes on this buck 
and how it all came together <laughs> ultimately on the last day of the season. That segment brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and the Easy Feeder lineup. You can find them at Bucky's. Uh, same All Seasons quality at a more affordable price. You can find the easy stand-in fills right there at allseasonsfeeders.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there. At Silencer Central, we have another favorite. It's the sound of silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90-day turnaround time when you use e-forms, buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started. Here comes another song about Mexico. Well, I just can't help myself I lost my old lady Got my lures, got my bobbers Now I'm gonna go Got Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg. Uh, we're still talking big bucks and we'll continue that conversation with uh, our buddies Micah and Jake here in just a sec. This segment, though, brought to you by the 2024 SCI convention taking place next week in Nashville, Tennessee. That's right, Music City. The entire global hunting community will converge in Nashville for four glorious days celebrating sustainable use hunting, big game conservation, education, entertainment. It's all going to be there. Uh, I hope you can make plans to attend. It's not too late. There's literally uh, there's no cap on attendees, so... Get a four-day pass, hell, come for a day, and book that hunt of a lifetime. For more info, head over to safariclub.org. Let's go ahead and hear the rest of the story regarding this massive North Texas whitetail buck. So when did you guys, just fast-forwarding a little bit, yeah. when did you guys first put trail cameras up? Let's start, let's like... <laughs> Get into yeah. this hunting season okay, and how this all where that it gets fun. So this is what the, the people want to hear about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So July, I, I think this also is inspiring, though, for someone out there that you know wants to own their own tract of land. Like it can be done. God does open doors. Mm-hmm. So, amen to that. But uh, but you put cameras out when and and when did you guys start seeing maybe this buck or maybe some other nice bucks? So, uh, I have to look because I remember us taking a Fourth of July week off and my wife and I almost always go somewhere but we were like all right if we're really gonna buy this land like let's let's think about something local this year uh-huh. and go to Lake Louisville yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're going to the beach uh-huh. at Little Elm um so the the week I spent literally three or four days probably at this property like thinking okay you close in a couple days, in a couple weeks. Like if there's anything here, and I literally just got out there and I was like, God, like if there's anything like that I should not proceed with, like you got to show me right now. And like he only showed green lights. And the coolest thing, and this is cheesy and and whatever, take it for for what it's worth. But you know, we were we were out at the property. Um, I'm not going to share specifics, but basically the the name the old name of this ranch was just like it was a very much like green light. Hmm. 
it, it played into a lot of the history between me, my family, my best friend. Like it was just like too similar. And then as cheesy as it sounds, um, I wore a, a number in like through all of athletics. The number has meant a lot to me and my family. My dad wore it, my, you know, all that stuff. And this was, th that number was on the front gate when we like went to clear it well, off. Now we got to cut it off. Yeah, we do. We've got to rename it. But yeah. just like sign after sign after sign. And so we ended up closing second week of July. And then it was just like, okay, sites set on October 1. What has to happen to make sure that this is, that we get full advantage of. You got three months. Just, yeah. We got three months. Bro, they closed and we were. Boots on the, the ground, next day. Licking our literally, jacks. literally. <laughs> next day, yeah. The like next day, they put out there. The they put day. up a couple feeders, and we're basically doing work the very next day. And then the week after that, he was like, "All right, come out and see it." And kind of like he said earlier, when he was saying earlier, he tried to walk every square inch, and six to seven hours later, he didn't get through it. We put in six to seven hours that day, and we maybe covered a third of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, we put some cameras up got some cameras and things that we thought looked good, right? It's really hard to yeah. like literally we're like, okay, let's just do the east side of the property. That's all we have time for. So we put cameras up on things that we thought looked good. Um and I'd say that we probably started seeing deer like a week. I have the first one. Yeah, a week mm -hmm. later. Um and uh nothing crazy. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't anything where you're like, Holy crap. Mm -hmm. You know, like we have found it. You were just like, well, they're all in velvet. Yeah, anyway. yeah. But I mean, like, even so, you could just tell they were like young yeah. bucks and like yeah, mature. September 13th. Mature mm -hmm. does. Um, so it wasn't anything that was like blowing our mind. I don't know when we got the first picture. We have a buck out there that's called Funky. I'm sure you've seen him on my mm -hmm. social medias. He's got like three, uh, like, it's like split G2s, but there's actually three points on his G2s. And then he's just like all kind of crazy. We just call him Funky Buck. And that was the first one we had show up. We were like, holy crap. Like, there's some really good genetics out mm -hmm. here. And that had to have been like... That was like third week of September. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, third the, week of the September. First, the first... Um, so basically, all of July was like, okay, let's learn. Let's figure the place out. Let's figure out access. Like, what can we get to? You know, because at that point... You guys point, eventually planted food plots, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Yeah. I mean, that was all, that was basically September. August mm -hmm. was all like recon. And like us just being literally boots on the ground. It was so hot like i remember oh, yeah. miserable gosh i remember going out there and then he and our buddy jason we got to shout jason out um uh, he 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 basically drug his tractor out there mowed for us like every trail that we've got to date that we're still using we've added maybe one or two but he i mean in a day mm -hmm. he mowed all of our plots like got those ready uh that that day i was out of town they were literally out there for 10 hours and i swear they were they probably needed three days worth of IVs after that. It was mm -hmm. so bad. Like I would just wouldn't recommend it was pretty miserable. a non cab tractor of doing that. Well, much. It was funny. Cause he was work. like, I have a bat wing, like 21 foot or I've got an eight foot. And I was just like, whatever you feel good about, man. And he brought the eight foot mm -hmm. and about two hours in, he was just like, I made a mistake, bro. <laughs> man, but the crazy thing is, is like, I don't think we would have been able to access. No, like, we wouldn't have been able to do, do it without him. Yeah, Cause again, we've got sure. so much that we can't necessarily like change the ground we can't you know fell any trees we can't you know hinge none of that and so we've got to be super strategic with what we put mm -hmm. where and so, so how many setups do you guys have like how many feeders do you think oh you god have? feeders we're pretty conservative yeah. on feeders like probably so, like five feeders maybe yeah no, i think we only have four 
I think we have four feeders, but well, the, the problem with having too many feeders is you give them too many options. Right. So too you many options. It's pretty big, then, so it's like yeah. kind of and and not really because you'll see some deer on like the west side of the property, you won't see on the east side, yeah. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So like it it does limit your option, but if you only have like two or three. Or it does spread them out, but if you only have like two or three feeders on one side of the property, you need four because if two of you are hunting, you need to have each win for wind each guy, uh-huh. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but we tried to honestly, like to to us, it's a lot sexier to kill them over a food plot. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. So like we tried to limit the number of feeders we put up, and it was more so we put up feeders in areas that we could not plant. Yeah. So it was like if we put up a feeder, it was because because of the conservation stuff, we could not till it or plant it which we don't really like till but like we couldn't plant it at all so yeah. it's like we can put a feeder here right and so that's where we'd put a feeder because it was like this is where the deer are traveling we need to stop them for a second do you guys have a bunch of hogs out there yes oh, so many yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. many mm-hmm. yeah i that is one big problem i mean we found like two or three different ways that we can limit how much they you know in my opinion rob from what we're actually trying to feed and grow but i mean uh, that is a problem. Mm. It's a big problem. But I mean, you know, they're they're fun to kill. But hog I mean, panels work pretty good. Yeah, I just yeah, it's money and time I mean, and effort. And, yeah, and it was just like one and of those when things. you get a property in July, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, we have August and September. Hog panels are expensive. Yeah, let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> August and September sounds like a lot of time, but sixty days with kids. We had a newborn. Yeah, you know, we're both running businesses, and then he's also running, you know, a park and rec department in one of the biggest towns in texas and so that's it's like not entirely true yeah, yeah i'm just talking but, you up you know, it's okay yeah. you can you can slip me a 20 later, but, facility, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah let's go <laughs> whatever he knows he knows but they don't so but i mean busier people and i hate the b word but it's like you know at the end of the day we're productive individuals like we don't necessarily have like day in day out to go try to you know yeah. set up a I've field a for, lot of vacation time yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Burned a lot of vacation yeah. time. So it was worth it. So we'll get, we'll get yeah. to his Fast forwarding just a little bit, okay, though. Okay, okay. From a timing standpoint, <laughs> when did you guys get the first picture of this deer? And when did you, Micah shot a really nice buck, too. Before, really well, it was in between everything. Yeah, I think, so but. we hunted pretty hard in October, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we hunted opening weekend. You at, already had seen this deer? No, no, no. no. Oh, wow. So we hunted opening weekend at our lease, uh, and Jake killed a doe opening day, which was pretty cool because that property is like if you see a deer, it's like a big deal. It's East right? Texas, right? Yes. Yep. And so he killed a doe. It's our meat lease. Yes. He killed a doe, uh, which was awesome. It was a great way to start the season. That's the only time we hunted that price all year long, right? So <laughs> <laughs> so then we uh, we started hunting this other property pretty hot and heavy. Um, we had some really good bucks on camera, but nothing that like blew our mind. Just like, you know, like really good one forties. Yes. Right. Yes. We had some 140 inch bucks on camera, but it, which w- in the rest of the white, it's world, pretty big. Unless deer. you're in like the golden triangle, uh, you know, Pike County up there, yes. Midwest, you know, you could yeah, say yeah. Iowa. Yeah. It's a Illinois, big deer. Wisconsin, wherever I got, or you really could go excited. to South Texas <laughs> or Oklahoma. But yeah. like, other than that, dude, yeah, like a 140 is getting shot monster. anyway. Well, honestly, yeah. like I would t- talk to you about it and you're like, are you shooting that buck? I was like, probably not. You're like, what are you talking about, <laughs> yeah. dude? But it was like, and I've hunted Colin County. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. yeah. You're like, what are you doing? We just, it was the unknown though. Mm-hmm. That was exactly the like it, it was that we had a shed. I knew what I was after, but we just didn't know. And we didn't know if our cameras were set up strategically or if it was just like a couple dudes on Onyx trying to figure out where these deer were coming through. Mm. You know, and so like mid Y'all should switch over to Hunt Stand, by the way. Proud sponsor of the Lone Star. Oh, God. Do you have a code to save us some money? Yeah, I do. Of course. Okay. 
What's that code? I've actually, you know what? Their their whitetail uh, rut predictor and all the other features they have, pretty sweet. Linking up, Onyx doesn't have this. Links up your trail cameras with the app, and you can like see uh, weather, you know, moon phases, all that cool stuff. Okay. On there. Hunt stand. Yeah, hunt stand. That is okay. pretty cool. Yeah, I've right. done the research, and yeah, I've got a couple other reasons, but that might have pushed me over. Yeah, you should check it out. Our Onyx it's is pretty a awesome. mess, and and it's also and it's also for like the premium. <laughs> and actually, they've been doing it as long as Onyx. They're not yeah. like a new company, um, but the premium is like seventy dollars for the year. Wow, that's a good deal. When, when I first started using these mapping apps, dude, you had to buy a chip that was like ninety dollars for yeah, one state. Yeah. For one state, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Now it's I mean, all of them have gotten way better, but, uh, way. but they have so, a lot of features on there that. Are pretty sweet to, to push it along a little bit we get in october we see some really nice deer we pass on a lot of deer because we don't really know what's out there right um and then we get into november which would have what's the first day we saw no, that we're let's let's go back to mid-october so mid-october we're starting to see some really good deer that we're like if if i see that one in person i'm pulling on that deer for sure uh-huh. yeah so we're seeing big eight we're seeing you know, Big Ten, we're seeing funky. Like, this is when those start rolling in. Yes and no. Yes and no. Because, I mean, like, I mean, like, I, I had several conversations with Cable where I was like, hey, I'm not going to shoot that deer. I'm not yeah. going to shoot that deer. You did. Yeah, we, we did agree eventually that we were not going to shoot that. I think that the we were also, based on the area, we were like, okay, come rut. We could get some, like, crazy deer start rolling through here mm-hmm. not to mention we had some of the like real life data in our hands mm-hmm. that we knew what the potential was right i think when we really hit the ground running was like second third week of october that we were like okay it's time to get in the stand and put in some hours and actually see where these deer are moving so that we can be more strategic with cameras because mm-hmm. like at the end of the day if you've ever ran you know three four five cameras it's like they're a true shot in the dark unless you learn the property and you know exactly where these transition areas are and and like trail systems like you've got to you've got to learn that and you've almost got to see it in person and so the the third week of october was when we had planned we had planned to hunt together and it was october 28th and i think it was a saturday and i remember the night before texting you and saying hey it is going to be pouring down rain from, and this is like a week after we got all of our wheat fields planted because mm-hmm. it didn't rain from mm-hmm. like July to like second or third week of October. And so we planted Great wheat. If you got plots planted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Very like, optimal. I mean, they, they, they did terrible for the first, and that's part of the reason why we didn't take any in the first month. We weren't seeing anything within range. Yeah. And, um, not that it's all about food, but we didn't have the, the experience and know where these deer were transitioning or walking through. So it's like, we were literally like, Food was all we had to go on, and then we were trying to figure out how to hunt, bed, and transition. This segment brought to you by Herman Marshall. Yeah, Herman Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> Micah brought a Let us shout nice, out Tyler. Nice, nice, yeah. Bottle of uh, bourbon yeah. here in Forest. Yeah, if, uh, if I'm you, not a big fan of the Texas bourbons, Herman Marshall is the exception, yes. one of the exceptions to the rule here. 100%. Yeah, that's why we brought it today. So, um, okay, from just from timing, when do you see this deer for the first time? So, on the hoof, we see him. But Before you got a picture of him. Correct. Oh, wow. However, we didn't know what it was. So October 28th, we decide that we're going to hunt together, but we're going to, we're going to hunt strategically on opposite sides of the farm. 
with a, with the right wind. So we were really, really sticklers on wind because we had to yeah. figure the property out. Mm. So we head out to the ground. It's like 11 o'clock. It's still pouring down rain and nothing is on camera throughout the whole place. And so we're like, these deer are just like waiting for the rain to stop. But we watched the radar and I remember seeing that at like 1220, the radar would pass our property, like showing mm. the rain pass. Oh, that's another cool thing about hunt stand. It has the, the um, major feeding, minor feeding phases. So the so lunar table. Oh my goodness. Lunar the table? Shout out hunt stand. lunar table, yeah. You should have said lunar table earlier. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I, I, I honestly believe in those. So anyway. Yeah. Um, to be continued. Mm-hmm. So we, we get out to the place. My dad's out there. And so Mike and I, when we get into like hunt mode, it's like we're, we're like all business. And my dad is just salt of the earth, like has his like, Best he's in, he's ever, in fishing mode and like just chill mode on a Saturday. And so he just wanted to chat. He just wanted to hang. I think he had bro, a couple drinks waiting it, on us. He had like give, gave us a couple beers, probably like some donuts or something. he brought donuts. Bro. Like it was hilarious. It's like, it's like 1130 in the morning. We're like trying to like go, you know? And so we hang and we, and we, uh, and we enjoy some time with him. And then our, our, our Moultrie mobile pops. And we open it up <laughs> and we refresh, we refresh and we run test images around noon every day. And I'm scrolling through the test images and I see something in the background of this plot that I had already told him. I was like, dude, I'm hunting this green. Mm-hmm. It'll be my first time to hunt this spot. It's the perfect wind. I'm excited. We've got a really cool scrape tree that we built that didn't work. And we were just really excited to see what was going on there. So I, I call that stand the night before at 1202. It's weird that he has to call the stand on yeah. his own property. Well, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, with sweat equity, sweat equity gives him equal opportunity. Uh, so man, I'll never forget getting that picture and zooming in and all I see is mass. Let's see it. Let's, <laughs> let's see the deer. Well, I'll show you the angle on certain angles. This deer looks like he just looks like a giant Iowa eight. And so from the camera, this is what I saw. So he was like facing this God way. It's where you can't see any of the see any of the four to five kickers off the side or six kickers. I already tried to wrap my hand and I don't have the biggest hands, but I tried to wrap my hand around his his left side over here where it's yeah. all palmated out. Can't do it. Here, let's it's, see if a man's hand works. Absolutely. Oh, look at that. Whoa, why little yeah, girl's yeah. hand on that deer? Don't do that. Yeah. <clears throat> so we only see him from the side. And again, we have a shed that we know that a deer exists that's around this caliber. Yeah. But like, we still don't believe he's real. We think it's Photoshopped and that <laughs> these salesmen gave us this fake set of antlers, uh-huh. which we do not have yet. They told us that we could have a replica of it, even though we have the deer in hand, they, mm. the, they want to keep the, so I still think maybe it's a hoax. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but, but we see this deer and I literally look at him and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Well, we got lucky too, because like with the camera that we use, uh-huh. sorry, yeah. that, that's much better. There yeah. you go. With the cameras yeah, that sorry. we use, it it shoots you a test image. This segment's brought to you by Stealth Cam. There you go. <laughs> it, it shoots you a test image every day from uh-huh. noon to one, and it was a test image photo. So the fact that he was in the background, just was just, just yeah. luck, because he it's, was like 150 yards back, so it wasn't like a super clear image. Yeah. It was more like this is a giant hanging out in the background, and it was very random at the stand he wants to hunt. Did, so did you see him that day? So that that is the coolest part, like randomly getting a test image with a giant in the background. First time we've ever seen this deer, we're like, okay, great, confirmation. So literally from that point, I'm like, Dad, I love you, but we got a bomb in there. Like, we got to go now. <laughs> 
And so we probably give it 30 minutes because I didn't want to like push this deer out. But I mean, as stealthy as I could, I mean, I drove like the long way around. I walked probably 500 yards into this thing, just like literally almost at a crawl, crawl pace. Mm -hmm. At this point, we're hunting all saddle and sticks. And so I hang my sticks just painstakingly slow and crawl up this thing, set up my saddle. And I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. And October 28th, it's like four o'clock, 4.30 and I start seeing deer. So a couple small bucks. There's a buck bedded in some CRP about probably 200 yards away. That this deer came out probably about 90 to 110 yards to my like this corner of the of the food plot. We've got about 10 acres that is possible to plant there. We've probably got like three planted, maybe five, yeah. Um, and about 0. 0.10, 0. 0.1 acres of it actually came up with radishes and stuff, but mm. we won't go there. Turnips, maybe a few. But at this stage in the game, all that's coming up is like a little bit of wheat. But it's enough to get them out there and get into sea deer. Strategically, we didn't plan it super well because they're a long way away. Mm -hmm. And so this, like, couple uh, bucks come out, small bucks, feed a little bit. A um, few doe come out. They're feeding a little bit. And then I watch them, and they're kind of chasing at this point. So October 28th, and they're already very interested. Some of the some of the doe have to be, you know, in estrus already. And so we're we're pretty well, like, said, okay, Rut's starting. This is pre-rut. Like, okay, cool. We can we can start using like grunts and things. And um, at five thirty, I see a doe trickle out of the woods. She's about probably seventy yards away. And then on the very field edge, in the back, on the far corner, like the farthest away from me, all I see is antlers. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but it's huge. <laughs> and so I pull my binoculars up. I'm glassing, can't really see what's going on over there, but he's just standing there. And I've always heard like Midwest guys talk about a deer staging. And like, I've never witnessed that. I've never seen what it looks like. I've never, I, I don't, I didn't even really conceptually know what that is, but this deer five minutes stand, like stood there and just staged, scoped everything the whole time, kind of concentrating on that doe though. And the minute he walks out, I'm like, that's the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> but I can't see any of the points. Uh -huh. All I can see is that incredible mass mass. That's all I saw. Uh -huh. And that's all I was thinking. And I was like, I wonder, I mean, in a split second, I wondered, I was like, okay, maybe this is that deer that we found the shed of. And I'm like, what do I do? I'm like already shaking. And this deer's 90 yards. And if you bow hunt, that's the most frustrating feeling in the world. Cause oh, you're yeah. like, there's no way this deer is going to come cut across this open field. He has one thing on his mind and it's her. And so I watch him for probably two minutes and uh, inevitably like he doesn't show any interest in coming this direction. He's locked into her. I'm like, all right, I'm going to risk it. And so I get out my grunt tube. I hit it once. He looks up zero interest. I'm like, crap, this is not happening. Um, I give it about a minute and I hit it again. And he's like, Oh, like that was a little more aggressive. That was a little deeper. That was a little long. Like, I'm gonna go check mm. this out. So he takes a few steps, um, then starts feeding again and start watching her again. And I'm like, there's no way I get away with calling at this deer three times, right. a deer this mature. But I'm like, I have nothing to lose. It's getting dark. So I hit it one more time. And all of a sudden he's like, all right, I'm gonna go check this out. So he comes walking down the field edge that we cut. And I have so many ideas in terms of like cutting this field differently next year, because the way that he's angled, he's quartering to me the whole way. Mm. And at this point, uh, you know, year three, maybe four of bow hunting, like still not the most experienced guy in the room by any means. I'm like, 
this is potentially going to be tricky based on where he's coming and based, based on the angle and based on the yardage. I, I, I like hit the, hit the, um, yardage on it two or three times when he's approaching. And I'm like, this is going to be between 35 and 40 yards. And I mark my spots based on where he comes in. So he's right in between my two spots. So I'm like, all right, 35 yard pin, go a little high and, and smoke him if he stops. And he sets up quartered to me pretty hard. And then I've got about a second and I make the decision, pull back, grunt at him. He stops and I let it fly. And I'm not going to lie. It was probably one of the best shots I've ever made at, you know, roughly 40 yards, um, bury it right in his shoulder. He takes off straight away from me, but I see the fletching sticking out of him and it's sticking out pretty far. That happened on the biggest elk I've ever shot. <clears throat> and you know, right away, it's like, <sighs> it's, it was a 50, 50 for me. Cause I'm like, that's a lot of penetration. Mm-hmm. So I've seen both. Mm-hmm. I've seen like super successful. I've seen that's not going to work. Yeah. And so me being pretty inexperienced, I'm thinking, uh Oh, like I'm excited so wait, so did you did you recover the deer? Mike is reaching his backpack. Yeah, so right. basically what, what ends up happening is is I climb down, I go and, and literally skirt the field edge, get back to the side-by-side, drive back to camp. I'm like, hey, this is what happened. This is what I feel about it. And I was able to recount everything pretty well. I know you didn't recover it because he texted me asking, <laughs> yeah. do, you know, do you know anybody yeah. with a dog in yeah. Collin County? Yeah. <laughs> So He's long- like, my buddy just shot the biggest deer any of us have ever seen. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, the good dog people I know are all like south of us. Good Shout out with- Chad Jones for the recommendation. Yeah. yeah. And Chad's, then- Chad's been in here with his buck. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. Yeah, Chad's and- a good friend. He's the one that helped me find that Collin County place, by the way, and helped me go out there and set it up. Salt oh, of the nice. Earth, dude. Yeah, he's a good yeah. dude. Yeah. So he, he had shared with me a dog tracker the year before because like we were talking about earlier, when you hunt places that oh, we hunt. Wait, I'll just go ahead and give you this. Yeah, yeah. Well, hang up because I know what you're about to give me and that comes next. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, this guy had helped a guy that trespassed on my land the year before like attempt to find his buck, which they never recovered. Mm. But this guy's really good. His name is Ricky Loftus. If you guys need a, a guy in North Texas, so Ricky, you gotta, you gotta, um, you're gonna be a lot busier next year. But um, the he's excellent and his dog's incredible. And so we. How call, much blood did you find? That's the problem. When we got back to the barn, we it started pouring down rain again. Mm. Like I mean, downpour. And mm-hmm. so we like immediately like pack up, head in. It's been about an hour at this point. We get to the spot where he was standing. I know the exact location, no blood, all washed out. So we literally just go right where the path is that we know he went in and we just start grid searching. We basically do what every dog tracker tells you not to do. Yeah. We just start looking every mess <laughs> up. Yeah. For the record, we've learned a lot through this experience. But, okay. In a, in, in a downpour, does it make that much of a difference? I don't really know, but I, like I had just listened to a dog tracking podcast like two days earlier, and they're like, "If you can't find your deer, back out because you're gonna." But in a downpour, you're you're like, I gotta find blood. You I have what? no yeah. idea. I it's don't gonna, know. All you the have signs to ask gonna a dog what, tracker. Rain isn't helping the dogs either. Well, they yeah. say it's that they're not tracking blood because they're just tracking like some Smell. pheromone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like. You know, like hooves or whatever. But then dogs don't see the blood; they smell the blood. Correct. They're not smelling blood though; they're smelling like a pheromone. It's both. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's not right. They're they're definitely smelling the blood. They're trained on blood. Okay, news to me. Mm -hmm. We learned a lot. What kind of dog did he have? 
A blue lacy. Remember. Do you remember? Catahoula. The, the one with four legs. Like, I don't know. Ricky's. Her. It looked like a We need dog. your help. Yeah. It looked like a hound of some kind. All right, we got to speed it up. So you yeah. didn't find the deer. No, great and dude. I'm, great dude. You go to bed heartbroken. I'm oh, sure. man, I don't sleep at all. We, we go. Go, about, go back up there the next day and basically... I'm I'm basically oh. convinced it's not happening. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Is incredible. I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. So Micah processed the deer for you and he actually pulled out the uh, scapular, the shoulder blade here and you can see your broad head just right in there. No penetration whatsoever. It's stuck in the shoulder blade. So buried this thing, obviously, and if you can tell, this is the most tragic day of my life. And you've acquired this property for deer hunting, essentially. Yeah. Shoot this deer the first time you see him on the hoof. Yeah, first time. And you lose him. Yeah, it it, it broke my heart and just didn't know what to didn't do. Didn't break his shoulder. No. <laughs> Honestly, it did though. There's like you can see where it healed and everything. Yeah, wild. it's it is it is Let truly wild. Yeah, look, the, you can see the bone growing back or inside the broadhead on the down, oh, yeah. like where you're looking right there. Look where the uh, you can see the oh, bone yeah. growing back around it, and that's yeah. a fixed blade too. Yeah, it's freaking wild. Yeah. I, I don't ever, I don't shoot expandables because of the horror stories I've heard. Yeah, I've only ever shot fixed blades. Me too. And I would have thought, I don't know, it, that just blows it up. You don't look like a little bitch, but maybe <laughs> you're, maybe you're only pulling like 45 pounds. That's the problem. I think my setup's got to change next year. Yeah, you maybe I mean, you need you, a heavier arrow some, for I'll sure. I'll send you some racks. Yeah. Yeah, the, I'm shooting. the uh, <laughs> 540 grains. The fact is, I am definitely going to reevaluate that next year because this shot should have been true. Mm-hmm. Um, but but quartering towards you, it was not the cleanest shot. Yeah, yeah. and lesson learned. You know, I, I would probably take that shot again, 99 times out of 100, just because you know potentially last opportunity to deer like this. But for the next 68 or 70 days. Y'all can imagine, like, it was obsession. Oh, no doubt. But unlike most instances where someone shoots a big buck, wounds them, uh, this one still has a happy ending, obviously. And we'll hear how everything plays out after the break. That segment brought to you by Numa's Heated Core. Yeah, it was like uh, 12 degrees sitting in a, a blind with a thermal waiting for pigs last weekend. But I was nice and toasty because I had on the Heated Core. Both pants and vest, uh, you wear them as your base layer. They come with a lithium battery, and I don't know the black magic that's associated with it, but the whole thing just turns into a little toaster oven, keeping you nice and cozy. Uh, It's the heated core, and you can save 20% off uh, the heated core as well as NUMA's entire lineup with that promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at NUMAoutdoors.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Whatever you're doing inside of me, it feels like chaos, but I believe you're up to something bigger than me, larger than Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a -a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, a full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. 
Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg. Thanks for being here. We're still talking big bucks with uh, Micah Cano and Jake Schumann, and we'll get back into that in just a second. This segment, though, brought to you by Big and J, Whitetail Attractants, and Armasite. Uncover mysteries after dark with Armasite. Our thermal imaging scopes redefine exploration from wildlife to nightscapes. Witness the unseen. See clearer, see further. Armasite, where every night is an adventure. Visit armasite.com for more info. All right. Uh, well, where we left off, you know, Jake, you had put an arrow in this North Texas monster. We know because we're holding the shoulder blade with the broadhead stuck in it. Um, obviously, this didn't kill him and goes to show, you know, how much resolve and how tough these animals actually are. When did he show back up on camera? And when did you realize? So, silver lining, oh, he didn't run off in the woods and die, and us not find him. Yeah. He's back on camera. So, I want to I want to interject here. Okay, so, honestly, I texted Jake. We talked about it a little bit, and uh, I was basically like, I had told you about this, too, at the gym. I was like, bro, this is big, big freaking deer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and uh, I don't know, like, if it shows up in front of me, I don't know if I should kill it. Oh yeah, or what? That's an and you, and you, yeah, too. and you asked me. You were like, "Would he care?" And I was like, "Honestly, I don't know." <laughs> and so I texted him that night after we talked, uh-huh. and I was like, "Yo, dude, if this deer shows up in front of me, do you mind if I shoot it?" I was like, "I just don't want there to be like any weirdness yeah. or awkwardness if it happens." And uh, he was basically, I mean, you know, Jake's like cool as hell. So he was just like, "No," he was like, "I don't know how many times we will see this deer." So if it shows up in front of either of us, we need to shoot it. Mm. And I was like, especially now that it's been shot. Yeah, like, and I was yeah. like, cool. And so like, what was it? A week later? Two weeks later? He no, showed it was back up on camera. So November fourth. So October twenty so eighth. Yeah, a week later. To November fourth, and he showed up at eleven twenty two p.m. Well, you shot him in a food plot, so it wasn't yeah. like he was at a feeder. Yeah. yeah, this was the first time he'd shown up on a camera that was that that triggered on purpose. Uh-huh. The first picture on the 28th, the day that I saw him in person, it was a test image that he happened to be in the background of, which statistically is impossible. Right, right. You know? And so he transitioned to the opposite side of the property. Complete opposite like side. Like basically the same area that he was hanging out that spring, we think. Uh-huh. There's also like a ton of ground. We think he was also like, we're talking like a few thousand acres, like two hour north East that we we know he was transitioning mm. between and so like the the fact that he did other did, did you talk to any other neighbors anyone else hunting? i don't have know pictures anybody of this deer? that knows about this deer okay yeah i don't know anybody beyond what i've already shared today so he shows back up and you start hunting him again oh yeah november 4 my birthday is the 7th of november we get him again but these are all like he's super cautious. Yeah. You can tell night. by the way he's walk. We we video all of our, our all of our trail cams because we like to you know we like to see yeah. that. And you can tell he's like he's very wounded. You can see the hole on his shoulder, and you can tell he's just like extremely cautious. Obviously, and we see him. I think three nights 
I mean, middle of the night type stuff mm -hmm. that week of November four through about 11 that weekend rolls around. And obviously like I'm excited the picking up too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited, but I'm also like statistically you getting an opportunity this year again, like I'm trying to talk myself through disappointment. Like you are not going to get a shot at this deer, but you got to give it everything you have. And my wife is like the, the greatest woman on earth. She, she all good up, hunters have amazing wives. Yeah. They all, we all this. do. That's we a all common do. theme. Like, yes, absolutely. Or, or you don't have a wife. Well, yeah. <laughs> or, or you yeah. shoot dinks. The opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum. Yeah. And she grew up, she grew up, I mean, her, her dad has multiple, 200s like it, oh, far wow. northwest kansas like mm -hmm. giant slayer like she she knows that for the next couple months like do you ever see him on the hoof again no you never not, saw him on the hoof again not no. until not until the last 30 minutes of the <laughs> hunting is, season oh i mean micah texted me like on that sunday and i'm all like dejected because i didn't get my buck and mm -hmm. you know like he's like dude it happened and i'm like yeah I'm, I'm like, wait a second. This is the last day of the season yeah. in Collin County too. Like, wait, what? I had, I had a few people that were following this and we were all so invested into this story. It was like, so the first week of November, I'm hunting all day sits three straight days. When I'm not adjusting people, mm -hmm. I am in a saddle somewhere and we, we just play the wind perfectly. There was one day, second week of November where it wasn't a perfect wind but didn't get a get, didn't get an opportunity beyond that. It was like the wind is right. Like you're going to find a stand where the wind is right somewhere in proximity that he'll yeah. be at some point. Hopefully it works out. You get another yeah. shot. And second, third week of November rolls around and it's just like, it's getting very tiring. Cause I mean, at this point it's, it's, probably nine, 10 hunts in and like nothing. Like I'm talking like offers, like no yeah. deer, uh -huh. like they disappear off the entire place. That is the mental aspect of, of all day sits and bow hunting. Uh, well, chasing that other deer wore on me, but not to this degree, nowhere near. Well, uh, I mean, but that's the, the people don't realize like, yes, it's a physical grind sitting in a saddle or a bow stand or whatever, or a pop-up for all day. Just boring. It is. It's monotonous. It's like it, and then that's the mental challenge. Yes, it's like up here. How do I get through? Oh wait, it's it's only three o'clock in the afternoon. I've been sitting here since six a.m. Yes. Prime like, time's not even here. Right. Yeah. But yeah, well, but, I mean, so then you deal with the secondary puzzle of you want your buddies to succeed. Mm -hmm. So there, he's getting shortchanged because he shot a nice buck, which we really don't have yeah, time to. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> no, about. but this <laughs> this is what leads into it though. We have a really good buddy that rolls through town. And he was, he was one of the guys that helped me learn how to, how to, um, bow hunt mm -hmm. a few years ago. He was my buddy in Southeast Oklahoma that we, you know, again, cut our teeth, got a lot of reps. So he rolls through town, his wife and my wife were like best friends. And so we hang for a little bit in the morning. I take him out hunting. Mike is there. We throw this like crazy giant, silly decoy out in the middle of a wheat field. We, we read somewhere that if you put one antler in and remove the other then it's less threatening to the deer and they think that they can whoop him and so it's like a jake turkey decoy honestly, you know ridiculous i just tested out some theories that i had been playing <laughs> with but i didn't really want to test out myself i'm like we got a buddy coming out he's only hunting one night let's try this out with why him, not you know? he could be our guinea pig exactly yeah. did it work and he's but a great guess guy what? yeah he Killed a giant ten point. Huh. Like Four thirty in the afternoon. A stud, stud. Like uh, got it, uh, got it all on camera. Like 
it walks out 19 yards, blasts him. He runs 70 yards and we recover him. It was the first buck killed on this new property and it was awesome. Super mature, mm. awesome 10 point. I mean, just a old, great yeah. mature deer. We can, uh, we can fast forward through my story really quick so you can get to yours. I killed a really nice 10 point, 142 inches the very next weekend, basically doing the exact same thing. With one yeah. antler decoy. With Elliot. With a one antler decoy. Wow. Yeah, with Shout Elliot. Shout out to Elliot. As we've, as See, we've I've been doing it. it wrong. I'm always using doe decoys, yeah. and I've had bucks hump them and come out. and like. Yeah, it was cool. The day before, just real quick, day before, I had another, the, the buck we call Funky Buck, attack our one antler decoy. Oh, blew him up. You saw the video. Oh, yeah. yeah, blew him up. Just yeah. blew him up into pieces and ran out. I was really close to shoot that buck, which yeah, we had already he almost we shot him. going to shoot. Yeah. But uh, you he know, almost next shot year. him next year. Yeah, he, maybe he almost broke their agreement. Dude, but. I was full draw, like <laughs> wouldn't stop. But anyway, so, so he almost was, broke. My that trust. was like late November, and then Jake hunted his booty off. Well, December. Yeah, I mean the the crazy thing is, is from the second week. Were you getting of November, pictures of him? We didn't see this buck until the 7th of December randomly. So it was a, it was almost a month of just like zero, mm -hmm. like yeah. zero dark 30. Yeah. I'm out there every chance I get and no bucks. So you, sh well, we just got to get to the last day here. Yeah. Last well, day last of the weekend's the crazy piece of it. Yeah. Like he kills his buck. I leave for Kansas for a week for Christmas. I come back. There's two weekends left. I hunt all day sits three days in a row, zero deer, like zero deer. Not even like, a doe. Not even a doe. Oh wow! Like it is a completely three empty, all day sits and not one deer. All day, like eh, my that's weird the, my thighs. Probably. But very, still, very it's I've not like bruises. we're in the hill country where I've you're going to see twenty deer in a yeah, sit. But you know? on this property, you're going to see deer. I have so saddle zero bruises. Deer. Yeah. Wow, saddle bruises. Ugh. And so finally, this last mentally, weekend, not fun. Oh, yeah. mentally, I'm like broken, and I'm like, I've got three days left, and this deer is going to get run over, or he's going to get poached, or something's going to happen to this deer. He's gone but I've got three days. And so Friday rolls around and we're just like strategizing to, to like trying Friday, to, the last weekend of the season. We're overthinking yeah. everything at this point. And so I decide that I'm committing to hunting the right wind at the right day. And so Friday rolls around. It's like, I commit to only afternoons because at this point my wife is about to, uh, take full custody of my daughter yeah. and say, I'm done with you. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm like, I'll spend mornings. I've got the baby. Turner and I are going to have a great time. And then about noon, dad's going to go try to hunt this deer for three more days. So I hunt afternoons only, which is great for, you know, late season hunting food sources, mm -hmm. things like that. And so I roll out Friday night. It's literally the perfect day, like overcast, misting all day, heavy rains, kind of keep them bedded down a little bit in the, in the mornings. Um, I get to the, to the, to the ranch at like two o'clock. I get pinged that are really awesome 10 points walking by at 215 the stand i'm headed to so i give him about 30 minutes to clear out i get in the stand 30 minutes later there's another shooter walking 430 rolls around and our target buck shows up at our north wind stand perfect it's a south wind mm -hmm. so he's probably 500 yards away broadside at my north wind stand I go home that night just cursing, like I'm just like. This did you is... did you see him on Saturday? Did he show up on Saturday? <laughs> so Saturday rolls around and the wind switches. It's a north wind. No, tell me you went to the other side and he showed up on that side. I go to the north wind stand where he showed up the day before. I don't see anything except a hog until 
six o'clock and I'm about to take down my bow, get down and I get one more day left. And I look over my right hand shoulder and there's just horns. And it's him. It's mm-hmm. six o'clock uh-huh. and it's him. So he walks out and if you know anything about it, it's almost a full moon. So I can make out what deer's in front of me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm probably not taking this shot cause it's not ethical. But he comes into a shooting lane and I draw just to see if I could make out his body and it would have been very difficult. Well, as it plays out, a giant hog runs out right into the shooting lane and scares him off. So thankfully, I didn't have to make that decision to release an arrow unethically because I I really don't feel like that would have been smart. So, Lord. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, there's legal shooting time and then there's, like you said, the ethics of even if it's not legal shooting time, like yeah, if that, if that hasn't, we, if we haven't reached hard. there, there's plenty of times, even with the rifle where I'm like, yeah. oh, I still have time, but you know what? I can't see. It's not yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. It's not right. So and not taking it. So I didn't, um, made the so, decision not to take it. And so Sunday, it. last day of the season. Yeah. This is Saturday and I'm literally dejected because the next day the wind switches again and it's a South wind. Uh-huh. So I decide to make the, Right decision. (laughs) Yeah. The risk. And I'm like, it's a South wind, but I'm going to hunt my North wind stand. He's been there two days in a row. Something, something's got to give. So the first test happened at like three 30 in the afternoon. I have a, a mature doe and her yearling come out and they're literally straight downwind to me. And she stops and she knows something's up. She's doing the whole throwing her nose back. So when this happens, I'm on the other side of the farm and I see it's like 30 minutes left shooting line. No, this is like two hours before. When they come out. When I texted you? I don't know. Uh, huh? I don't know. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Well, th- this doe knows something's up, but I had la- I had basically was dripping with scent spray and all the other stuff that I don't even know if it works, but it makes us feel better. Yeah. And eventually she settles down and they hang out for like 45 minutes. This is probably at 2 in the afternoon, maybe 2.30 in the afternoon. So they wander off and then nothing happens until... 5:30, and I've got a video of it because about 150 yards away, I see horns in this like CRP that's like five foot tall. And all I see is horns coming over the top. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. He's coming. Like the wind is blowing this way. Like, mm-hmm. and is this a feeder or a food plot? So this is, this is both. It's like transition mm-hmm. area. It's in the easement. So we couldn't necessarily plant. So we've got a feeder, but we're really hunting two trails. Yeah. And so he comes sprinting through this CRP, which I didn't think these deer ever got in. He comes bounding through it, like literally jumping over it. And I've got a video of this deer, like the most iconic video of him bounding over the CRP. He's no, no longer showing the ill effects of having been he's shot. Healed. Nah. He's healed. He's totally healed. And so he comes to about 100 yards. Dude, tougher than we give him credit for. <laughs> yeah. And so it comes to about 100 yards, and I stop filming with my phone because I'm like, you better get Game ready. Time. Mm-hmm. It's time. So I put it away and then he disappears over the, over the edge. Well, then that little yearling comes sprinting around the corner down a trail that we cut that Jason cut for us. The mature, actually matured buck led or the mature, uh, doe led. And then the yearling comes and that deer was on that yearling. Hmm. He was like throwing nose, like da- head down. He was chasing that yearling. The mature, but last or the, weekend mat- of the season. Yeah. Like, I mean, January second or first week of January. And so this mature doe comes and is right in my, I mean, right in my wind. And so Buck's coming down and he literally comes to 35 yards, kind of broadside. And I'm literally holding my bow right here, 
shaken, I'm sure. 40 and pound a, bow. Yeah. T- 22, 22 <laughs> pound Give him some credit. 22 pound bow. Uh-huh. Um, and I see this doe. I'm watching both because I'm like, she's about to blow me for sure. Like she's going to figure this out. Oh my gosh. Did and he... so I'm here. I pull back and that's, then she That's jumps. funny. Can we rewind that? What you just said? Blow? You, can, <laughs> you can make a short of that later. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, somebody clip that, please. My wife's going to love that. Um, so uh, I pull so back. funny watching football games when they say stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. No, anyway. I'm Chris Collinsworth today. Um, yeah, I get, to a, I get to a full draw, and she literally jumps in the air. So Oof. I don't know if it was the sound of the cams locking or what, but she, she knew something was up. And then at that point, I was like, find the spot and let it fly. Um, for the record... Like, I, I mean, thank the Lord. Like, this was not the best shot of my life. Where'd you hit him? I mean, back. Mm-hmm. I'll just say back. Mm-hmm. And it caught enough Killed vascular him. components that this deer bled out. But when I let the arrow go, I swear I've never felt this way before, but I completely blacked out. Like, I don't remember letting the arrow go. I don't remember any of it. It's like that that memory is gone. But I do remember him bounding off. It was a clean pass through and I saw him bound off and I marked the spot in my mind of where he ended. And at that point I texted Micah and I was like, he showed up and the arrow went through him. We'll see. You've got to be like, no, you got to be kidding me. This bro, is the last it, it 30 was, minutes of the last bro, day. It was so season. hilarious. It was like 10 minutes for the, the last shooting light. And I'm like, I'm just trying to kill a doe. Uh-huh. And uh, he texted me and he was like, because it's Jake, the greatest person on the planet. And he was like, just keep hunting. Go ahead and harvest one if you can. I'm like, I'm coming down. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Down. Dude, yeah, when he texted me that, I was like, I'm already out of the stand, bro. Like, I am ready to go. I was like, meet me at the trucks. Bring the arrow. We'll drink beer for about an hour. And then we'll go look for this deer. So uh-huh. he comes back to the trucks. He has the arrow. It looks amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I sent pictures to a few buddies. Like you know, you know oh, when yeah. you look at an arrow and you've been bow hunting for a while, you're like that deer's dead or he's alive. And I was just like, everything inside of me was like, why are we sitting here? Let's just go get this stupid deer. But I was like, we need to wait and be responsible because this is a monster. I yeah. had picked my time, the time in my head where I was like, I'm not going back out there yeah. until seven thirty. Yeah. yeah. So we waited till seven thirty. How far did he run? Killed a few Modellos. 80 yards. Yeah, 80 yards, dude. That's the best part to me is that you guys get to walk up on this deer together. Well, the funny part is is the blood trail was not that great. So I was like, I know there's a creek down there. You know, deer like to go to water. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to walk down here to this creek and check this creek. And so I get like 50 yards away from Jake and I hear... I found him. <laughs> dude, I mean, if you've seen, if you got on my Instagram, oh. which I'm sure you have, and you watch that video, bro, I'm like sprinting across the field. Oh, yeah. It's just like full-blown tackle him as Jake's just like, you know, just like like standing over this giant, pick, Let's pick the deer up one more yeah. time. Yeah. And so the mass on this thing, like I said, it just, you, you'd only find that in in this part of Texas, really. That kind of mass. You can find length and stuff in South Texas, but this, I mean, it looks like a Midwest deer. That's what we have yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. It it's does. absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. I, I, it's just mind, it's mind blowing that that came from right here in our backyard, essentially. Mm-hmm. What did he end up scoring? I know there's, you, you have to wait for the, the drying yeah, period. Yeah. We've got but, a few, we've got a few drying period days left. Um, he's, it green score at 201. Wow. Wow, dude. Broke the 200 inch mark. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he's a deer like that is so non-typical. There's deductions out the wazoo. Oh, yeah. So we'll see what it officially ends up at. But, but a deer like that, I'm looking at 
Who what cares is he about Who cares? the net? Who You're gross, looking at that gross. gross. Yeah. Thank God. He's gross. Yeah. And he deserves a gross. That's yeah, right. Absolutely, That's right. man. Jake yeah. sent me that score, and he was like, 187 net, 201 <laughs> gross. I was like, who cares about the net? If bro? you shoot a typical, no let's, one cares. Let's really bro. get into you know that, but this is not what Yeah, this that looks like is. a tree branch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it looks like a piece of yeah. driftwood. <laughs> and he broke off, like you guys said, eight yeah. or ten inches that yeah. you're going to go looking for. Yeah, we're going to find it. We will find it. If a squirrel hasn't eaten it yet, we're going to find it. We know where he's been. We know where he's been living. So and where he travels. So there's a good chance we find it. What do you have on camp for next year? Something good? We've got Potential. we've got three or four. We've got we've got three really good typicals mm. that look awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to see how they blow up. Mm. We've got two non typicals that are going to be really yeah. fun to see. Yeah. Like their mm. sheds are going to be awesome. That what they add is going to be awesome because we have his what I think is his right side. Which how is old the, is this deer? We think he's five and a half. Yeah, uh-huh. he's pretty young. I've got yeah. the jaw. He was very lean. He was, but but the but the jaw reveals the oldest detail of him, yeah. and so we really think he's five and a half. I mean, yeah. a lot of guys tell me, hey, he probably had a year or two left to grow, and I was just like, who cares? You yeah. see a two hundred inch deer, you shoot that freaking deer, especially yeah. if it's your first year on the property. That's Jesus, right. that's the main yeah. thing. Somebody like, tells that. that, you tell him to get bent. So that's right. My favorite part is that you guys have been friends since kindergarten. Yeah, you were in this adventure together and that you were both there it's like i killed the it the day that it happened honestly yeah. it feels like i killed that deer like yeah. watching him i people all the time like i've had multiple people be like so are you jealous i'm like not even in the right. slightest dude i could not be happier I'm happy that, to be on the team man. yes right. i'm like this is insane to just be a part yeah. of this watch your best friend kill a freaking giant he's yeah. been chasing all season i just wanted to kill a big deer yeah. which i did yeah. so i'm like i'm happy like the fact that he killed the the giant that he shot in november and to be able to like close, because if I would have shot that in deer, the last thirty minutes, yeah, yeah. if I would have shot that deer, he probably would have never had any closure, yeah. right? But the fact that he killed the deer that he shot in early November or late October, and it's mm. a two hundred inch deer, it's like I don't know if there's anything more satisfactory than that in life. Mm-hmm. It's like that's probably a feeling he'll be chasing for the rest of his. I just got to shoot another hundred fifty inch deer, which is pretty, you know, yeah. like attainable. He's probably he's got to chase two hundred and one inches, right? Yeah, right. like you know. So wrapping up, if you want to give your, uh, I don't know if you have uh, Instagram, but uh, if you I want, do, it's just a personal page. But yeah, we share a lot of like farm and ranching and, and hunting yeah. stuff that we love, and you know, I mean, we'd be remiss about saying like we do all this because like we were created well. We just get to enjoy creation, and the more time we spend in creation, the more appreciation we get for the creator. Yeah, the more time you spend in creation, the closer you feel to whoever created it. That's right. It. Yeah, right? absolutely. And that's, yeah. Why, that's why we do it, and so we exist to honor and glorify him, and so that's what my page is about, and uh, we just so happen to have the ability to do that through hunting, and, and Mike has got a really cool page that he honors his grandpa. I mean, he's got the logo on his on his hat right now, but living like RK, like a, he, he was a special man, taught him a lot about hunting. And um, I know that you're going to share a lot about your story on your page, but yeah, that would, you'd be remiss not to check out that out, outdoor company because Michael will be humble, but the guy is a, is a, uh, is a plethora of knowledge on everything outdoors and hunting. Awesome. Yeah. So my page is living like underscore RK, kind of like Jake said. So I followed just, your page for a long time, but I didn't yeah, know we've been that buddies. Was, we've been buddies. But I didn't know minute. that it was down your grandpa. Yeah. So, so my grandpa cool. was Russ Kennison. He died in 2021 from mm-hmm. COVID. 
Uh, and he just, I mean, I was on his hip from the time I was a little kid running around hunting and fishing with him. And so like after he passed away, I was like, I want to model my life after him because he was awesome. an pretty incredible man. So that's what the page is. It's just living like arcade. It's pretty much just me Hunting. killing a bunch of animals <laughs> and hanging out outside. You know, I mean, yeah. like it doesn't get any better than that. And doing Absolutely. it with your, your best friends and uh, your family, you know, makes it even more special. Well, guys, I appreciate the time immensely. Thank you so much. Uh, hell of a deer. Awesome story. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming by the studio. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you, Cable. My pleasure. So there you have it, a tale of perseverance and redemption regarding uh, what I believe to be the biggest buck killed in Collin County this year. Uh, if somebody's seen bigger, hey, I'd love to uh, get the lowdown on that as well. Uh, but these backyard bucks right here in my own county, we've got something special, and uh, this one definitely fits the bill. Uh, thanks to our guests today as we were out of time. Uh, Micah and Jake for being here. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Two thieves burn out beside him to share the agony